Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we will be talking about the roster breakdown. The official 53-man roster has been released. Of course, the initial 53-man roster with all sorts of moves in there and out of there as well. We're also starting a new segment called Five Minute Fantasy. We're going to be joined by Daddy's Home FF, which is Mike. You all know him on Twitter if you've been following him. Spag's out today because of hockey, but we've replaced him with Brian Phillips, the Cam supporter and lover. It's going to be a hell of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's I talked to Brian already. I didn't talk to you yet. Holy crap balls. I, I It's unbelievable. And he can't hear me. Nope. All right, Brian, let's go to you instead. What's up, Brian? How you doing? Hey, John. I'm back. Keegan's back. We're off to a hot start here. <laughs> yeah. Keegan, All right, so in there? full transparency, Brian's doing 37 fantasy drafts. <laughs> I'm in a new apartment with Wi-Fi that was set up 15 minutes ago, so this is going to be a, a shit show. Uh, it should be fun, though. Yeah, we'll have some fun with it. You know, we'll have some fun with it. Brian's. Drafting. I am. I, I am. I'm numbing my pain with just. <laughs> I, I can't take my eyes off of football right now, so I have no choice but to just think about what's right in front of me. Picking up one foot and putting it down in front of the other, right. and we're, we're moving forward. That's it. They just that's what you got to do. Just just so people understand the full lunacy of Brian Phillips right now, he is in the middle of two auction drafts. Drafting for four separate teams in two different auction drafts. He's a lunatic, a complete lunatic who's lost his mind. And I absolutely love it. Uh, for those of you that have ever done an auction draft, I have no idea how he's doing it, but I'm pretty excited to be, uh, to be talking to him and he'll just let out some random scream about, you know, getting Alvin Kamara for $25, something <laughs> stupid like that. So, so, but uh, obviously lots to talk about Cam Newton, of course, cut by the Patriots, Mac Jones, a starter, Keegan, What's your opinion here? Did you? I mean, we were we were pretty transparent about what how we felt, but were you surprised about the cam cut? Do you think it was the right decision? What What are we thinking? I was dead wrong, right? So, I mean, Spags was the only one that was right. I think me and you were on the yeah. same train on this show that 
whether we like it or not, whether the fans are going to like it or not, Cam Newton was going to be the starter because he had the experience and uh, a year in the system and just kind of every variable that you would think about picking a starter, he kind of had the leg up and then they cut his ass. So it was, um, I, I tweeted it out. I said, the notification that they cut him gave me the same reaction as the Antonio Brown signing a couple of years yep. ago. Like, no way that that's true. There's no way it's somebody's got to be messing with somebody, right? And then you come to find out it's true. He's not going to be, you know, not going to be the quarterback. He's not going to be with the team anymore. So um, in terms of the right decision, I'm not, I don't think I'm qualified to say if it was right or not, just because we haven't seen anything yet. Um, but I, I will say I would have liked to see him continue his career um, with the Patriots a little bit and kind of work them into this season. I, I'm a big believer in the sit the rookie quarterback model. Um, I think it's got a better success rate than starting a guy right away. So we'll see. I don't wholeheartedly agree with it, but also it's Bill Belichick and me. So, you know, I take his <laughs> right. word over. It's kind of close. close, closer than anybody else would really think. It's my guy. <laughs> So and listen, here's here's what I'll say about about that. And and I've been on the and listen, I I wrote an article. I wrote an article saying that he does value our opinion. I agree, definitely values our opinion highly. Um, I he's tuning in. He right might, now. I, he's probably just talking to you to be honest with you. He doesn't. Bill doesn't give a shit what I say. But Bill, you know, he'll listen. Bill Belichick to you. is dark blue gold. We, uh, we figured it out. <laughs> um, but you know, the the thing for me, and you know, I had written an article about why Mac should be the starter. And then, you know, when I thought all signs pointed to Cam being the starter, I said, you know, hey, what are you going to do, right? So, hi, Nike. How's it going, buddy? So, um, so anyways. Yes. But when I – I was like, all right, well, you know, Cam's going to be the starter. That's fine. Here's the thing for me, and this is kind of what I was trying to wrap my head around. I'm trying to think of a rookie quarterback that was walking into a better situation than Mac Jones is walking into right now. And maybe you can make the argument for Russell Wilson. And I guess it's a, probably a pretty valid argument considering they like went to the Super Bowl the next year, right? But they were, you know, he was walking into to a situation with a great defense and a very good running game with Marshawn Lynch. But I don't think, and he had Doug Baldwin at the time, right? So I don't know if they had the weapons that, that the, well, maybe the probably weapons are probably about the same, right? But like and and you know Cody says Trey Lance, which makes sense too. Trey Lance isn't the starter day week one, right? But like, but Mac is walking into a situation with what looks to be a great defense, a top five offensive line in the NFL, and a fantastic running game. So he has a leg up just because of those things. Typically, when a rookie quarterback starts, look at Joe Burrow last year. Hey, he's got some targets, but he has no offensive line. His defense is trash, and like, who knows what the coach is like because he's a young coach. So the hard thing for me is like, you know, you have Bill Belichick, you have Josh McDaniels, and you have already a good team around him. We haven't seen a rookie quarterback in this type of situation, maybe outside of um, maybe outside of Russell Wilson. So that's where it's like it is. I agree with you, Keegan, about the rookie quarterback thing, but I think this is just a, kind of a little bit of a different circumstance, I think, this year. So. All right. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready. You know, um, huh. we talked about it, Pat. We talked about it in depth yesterday. But you know, for me, uh, it was 
obviously uh for anybody who who didn't listen yesterday but is listening today i'm you know been labeled the cam stan of of the site um which Oh, the, you know, the background for me is was never a huge Cam guy. I always liked his personality. Never really, never really uh, liked his style because I was so locked into the Tom Brady mold, right? You know, like the, the quick, efficient, accurate passing. And I never had an appreciation for what Cam was until he came to New England. Um, and I really, you know, started watching. And uh, we have Johnny Smith on the block right now. We're making offers. Okay. <laughs> All right, bid we're high. Track. Bid high, my friend. Bid high. I, I'm not. I'm not losing this one. Um, and so, I gained this appreciation for how Cam plays, knowing that it's a different style than what the Patriots are used to and what Patriots fans are used to. And it, and it got me really interested in learning more about the quarterback position. And then Mac Jones comes in, and it's everything we're used to, right? It's that familiar. It's that familiar feeling, and, um. Where I went wrong in, in, in diagnosing, you know, where, uh, you know, the, the decision that was made in the end, um, it was, again, like Keegan said, I mean, who saw this coming with with how the reps were distributed in the preseason games, you know? Um, it was extremely difficult to to correctly guess that they were, were going to buck that pattern um, because it really appeared like Cam was a starter and he was playing well. He's healthy. You know, things were going well. Um but Pat, the main thing we talked about yesterday was I, you know, we didn't set the bar high or excuse me, low enough for where Mac had to get to in Bill's mind and Josh McDaniel's mind. Uh, in, in, in my head, it's, he's got to, he's got to just run away with it. He's got to force cam into taking reps with the twos. He's got to force cam into extended playing time, you know, uh, in preseason game number three. And that's how you know that Mac's playing so well that it's forcing this hand of Bills, you know, and we're really, boom, we've got a competition. Well, no, all Mac had to show Bill was I can take these early lumps. I learn quickly. I have gained, I, I've gained a presence in the locker room. And what he showed was clearly enough. And the bar, I had set the bar too high on where I thought the rookie needed to be to start the year. That, and we also talked about he clearly, Bill Belichick clearly prescribes to the notion that you start the guy week one that you plan on playing the whole year. Right. And we're going to have that continuity. The whole roster is going to have the continuity. The whole organization is going to have that continuity. Um, and so all those factors, you know, and, and we've got the Mac Jones era starting in, uh, in a few days, in a, in a couple, in a couple of weeks. There you go. Love it. Yeah. And, and one quick thing just to build off of the Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick factor of things. I think it, it plays a factor into the decision where Josh McDaniels is going to be more comfortable calling a game with Mac Jones at quarterback. Um, even, even after last year, he kind of had to change the way he did things like we saw it, the jump in, like they, they'd run two to three times as many screen passes as they did with Brady. And they'd, they, they dummied everything down. Right. Right. So I think it, it plays a role where Bill looks at it. Like, can I make Josh more comfortable calling the offense? Can I take a little bit more pressure off of the coaching staff where they can kind of a- apply that time that they were taking building a new offense, can they apply it to other things and kind of build up the rest of the team around them? I think that probably played a factor into the decision. 
I think so too. I think it makes sense. And and uh, Harry Lime over here has got a question about where you concerned about the sacks in the Giants game. And, and here's the thing with K- with Mac that I, I've been so impressed about. I mentioned this a few times in some different articles that I've written, and I mentioned it last night. Is his ability to learn from his mistakes, and, and you know, McDaniel's talked about that in his press conference this morning. Like Belichick hates error repeaters, right? That is like one thing that he just absolutely cannot stand. If you are an error repeater. He just flipping hates that. And uh, what is yeah. the safety? Who the hell is the safety that got smoked over the top on the same exact play to Seattle? Jeez, this is like the last time they played. Was it like 2012, I think? And he, it was like the deep safety got beat on a on a backside post uh, for a touchdown twice in the same game. And it was same guy. Perfect. And it was just like, are you kidding me? Like, what the hell are you doing? And I forget Remind, who it was. Reminds me of Bradley Fletcher, the, the Bradley Fletcher experiment. <laughs> It wasn't Bradley Fletcher, but took him, took him about six hours and he was on a plane. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember who it was, but, but that was, you know, it was like when something happens, you, you make the correction, you see something happen, you make the correction. And Mac has done that time and time again, and he's done it consistently. Right. And I mentioned the first day of padded practice, when I walked away from practice saying, this guy stinks. Like he's, he, none of these things. He's not ready for the game. It, it's too fast for him. Right. That was Tuesday. Wednesday and Thursday were arguably his two best days of camp, right? Like he figured it out, came back and just absolutely rocked it the next few days. And like, that's what he's been all about since the very beginning, right? He just continuously does that. And I've been so impressed by that. And I think the, the coaching staff has been as well. They threw everything at him. They turned up the noise on him in preseason in, in uh, joint practices. They did all things to confuse him and mess with him. And he kept coming back. And of course he made mistakes, but he learned from those mistakes and it made him better. And I think that that, that's the thing that it's hard to do. Like that's hard to do to make a stupid mistake or look bad and then come out the next day and look good again. Like it's hard to do that. And I think that, you know, for me at least, that's one of those things that, that I think they put a real big premium on. I like the question from the fact and the way I see it as, a perfect opportunity to talk about the meaninglessness of preseason about Mac. We've seen you do everything else. Let's, you know what? Let's turn that clock off in your head a little bit. Let's, I want you to, I want you to block out that check down. Let's really work on having your eyes fixed downfield on safety rotation and route concepts and, and getting through deeper reads. Let's, let's call some deeper, uh, longer developing concepts and let's just work on getting the ball up. We don't know if that's the case. It's like, there's so much you don't know. Right. And I, and I always come back to uh, the Kyle Shanahan piece a couple of years ago, um, talking about Richard Sherman. They bring in Richard Sherman in the first couple of days of camp. Richard Sherman had gotten burned a couple of times deep on seven on seven work. And, uh, and so naturally, You've got the reporters coming in and asking, you know, what's going on with Sherm? Is he, is he doing all right? Obviously, he's getting, you know, got burned deep a couple times. Sherm's working on things. Like Sherm doesn't care about getting burned deep. He's working on a right. press. He's working on a certain press technique right now, and he's he doesn't care about the result because it's preseason. It's practice. That's the problem with we've got to analyze all of this each and every single thing and and you know, camp stats and all Completion these things. percentage and crap like, like that. Right. right. Like right. these guys are working on things and it's exactly where you want to work on things, especially if, you know, 
<laughs> Especially if you, if you know in the back of your mind that uh, Mac's going to be your announces your starter in a few days. Hey Mac, why don't you go? Uh, let's let's get you out there and start working on a couple of more longer, deeper drops. Let's, right. you know, we don't know if that's the case. Do you want your quarterback taking sacks? Of course not. But preseason is is for these things where you can go out and just say. I know I should check this ball down, but we're working on the deep post. We're working on, you know, recognizing too high or, you know, recognizing how fast the backside and cover six is going to be poaching crossers or any of these things. We don't know what they're working, you know, because they're, they're specifically working. If it's a regular season game, you'd be like, well, you got to hit the check down there. Right. But, you know, in, in preseason, they're, they, they're clearly working on individual things. And what was the other guy working on, you know, in, in Philly? They, they were calling him the checkdown king because that's all he was allowed to do in Philly right. in the joint practices. They were like, if you throw the ball deep and get intercepted, you're out. Like, you right. check right. it down. Yeah. Feed your running backs, you know. So uh, that I think that's a great point that they have all of these guys doing it, not just the rookie quarterback, but everybody. So maybe right. let's not take the training camp stats into, yeah. uh, into account hey, so much. The Giants, the Giants wanted to see Trent Harris's, uh, how adept he was at keeping uh, slot receivers out of the, out of the seam on Isaiah Zuber's touchdowns. So, right. So clearly everybody's going to do a great job. He didn't do a great job. Uh, I, I will say, you know, so Belichick is a good, good question here uh, from Cody about, you know, beef being the second hardest team to play against as a rookie. You know, and Belichick talked about we're on to Miami, right? We're, we're we're focused on Miami here. Like we're, you know, I'm not thinking about anything else but Miami. And it, it's an interesting situation because obviously you give Mac the job. The team knows now. Everyone knows it's Mac's job now. They're voting on captains in a few days. Will he be a captain? Will he not be a captain? Cam was a captain last year. That doesn't mean Mac will be a captain this year, but it sounds like you know, he has kind of gained some trust in the locker room. People seem to like, him. who knows? We'll see what happens, right? He is the quarterback, but that doesn't necessarily guarantee he'll be, he'll be a captain. So, um, but either way, I think it's gonna be really interesting him playing against the dolphins, right? And dark blue gold said they should lean on the running game, which I believe hundred percent, like they're going to lean on the running game hard anyways, this year, I think in that first game, especially you need to come out in a lot of run heavy packages, I think they're going to – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see them come out double tight with a fullback and and Harris to start with Aguilar or Myers outside. And Aguilar, you run a few play action and see if you can hit him deep. And Myers, you you know, you kind of run a few different things. But for the most part, we're trying to run it down their throat. That's what I would come out to try to do at the beginning and and just take what the they pressure did last year with off Cam. of Mac. Right. Right, take the pressure. What what did what did Cam attempt? Like seventeen passes week one or something like that. Justin Huron was the starting tight end last year in week one because they came that's out right. in jumbo, and that's that's, right. that's all they did the first drive. So yeah, uh, I would assume that's what they do again with a rookie under center. You know, yeah. especially with the the offensive line and the tight ends and the running backs that they have. If you're not running the ball 30, 35 times a game, then you're doing something wrong. Hey guys, hear me hear me out here. Spread it out. <laughs> hey, let's, I'm not mad. Hey, at it. Let it rip. I mean, I love it. Let's go. That's let's like, let's go. Hey, this is what he knows, right? Matt, right. Pat, we talked about it, right? We talked about yep. it yesterday. This is what the kid knows. The first preseason game, the first time he's ever faced uh, professional people that get paid legally to play football. <laughs> uh, he's he's running no huddle and, and quick game and uh and and rpo looks and 
man, this this is what the kid knows. Yeah, we love seeing we love seeing him run twelve uh, you know twelve personnel bootleg play action. I love that. But yeah, um, they can do whatever you know. They they clearly feel they can do whatever they need to do. Right. No, it's true. It is true. And Sko was talking about it on on today's podcast that came out, and he was saying like you know if you go back and look at his numbers from last year at Alabama, like off the play action, he had the most, he had the most passing yards by far off a of play action, the most completions by far off a of play action, but he was throwing it down the field. He was pushing the ball down the field. It wasn't like play action hit a crosser eight yards down the field. No, no, no. He was play action and let's go over the top. Like, and of course, when you have Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle on your team, you can do those things. Right. So like, you know, that makes it a little bit yeah, easier for you when you're hitting Slade. Bowman, Who'd you get, Brian? Who'd you get? Jacoby's on the board right now. Oh yes. Just wrote, like he was hitting Slade Bolden for like 70 yard touchdowns against Ohio state in the national championship game. We could talk as much as we want about the, the weapons that he had, but he also had some random guys who ended up being, you know, start like Slade Bolden was a walk on it at, at, uh, Alabama, I'm pretty sure. Like, it's not all five-star recruits as much as we right. think it is. No, which is true. So, yeah. Like, the guy can place the ball wherever he wants to. Yeah. No, I agree with you. By the way, my dad just texted me. He said the first play of the game will be a long pass. That would be awesome. I, I just, it would be so awesome. Like, I just, yeah, it's so good. So, we'll see. We'll think, see what happens. I, I think they're I saving something special against, for, uh, for Tampa. Oh, Guys, man. We lost for Kobe. Oh, no. What did, he, what did he go for, like 30? He went super late in this thing, and I'm just out of cash. Yeah, no and he went yeah. for – he ended up going for, like, eight bucks, and I'm I'm down to, like, 14 and seven. Yeah, you can't do seven. that. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. What are you going to do? What are you we'll gonna get do? Nelson for if, three. If they don't run the Dion Branch AFC <laughs> Championship game flea flick – or what was that? <laughs> was that an end what around? Was, uh, in 04? Oh, the one where the one where he's where he's waving back to the to the Steelers guy as he catches it and runs it in for a touchdown. I think that was oh yeah, four. It was when yeah, Ryan was Ryan Clark was talking junk. So one of the idiots was talking junk. They all yeah, Ike Taylor maybe. No, maybe yeah. Who knows? One of those idiots. Uh, oh, then no, you're right. They weren't playing against Bishop Jackson. <laughs> what a story, dude! Can we talk what about that? Like, let's just let's just How? shoot for twenty minutes. So so I I live. Like two miles south of of the the hotel that these guys have been staying up at <laughs> the last however many months, and like I don't know if you guys read the article on Complex um, about t- these guys talking about living in this hotel room and like going out and stealing because they don't have food and like it's complete insanity. It's a big deal. How did know? ESPN like, let this happen? How did they let that happen? Like. Do you just put a team on there? Like, you just at least look into it. Mickey like, Mouse and they broadcast the game. Time. That's crazy, dude. That I mean, multiple people better have been fired for that because that is complete insanity that you would let that happen. Like, well, if we know anything about ESPN, is that they'll take care of business on you know internally and make sure that everybody is held accountable. That's a great point. That's a great point. So, <laughs> what a joke. So yeah, they'll they'll listen to an apology at three o'clock in the morning. Um, the, the funniest part, just before we, we move on, the funniest part was the announcers realizing that they got duped like halfway through the game when IMG was up like 54 yeah, now. Yeah. They were like, uh, this is number 54 down on the field with like a torn ACL. He's not on the, on the roster that, that they gave. 
Right. It was. It right. was a real life version of Grit. No, it was. Just, oh, it's it some, was Juco someone's going to get hurt. All right, we're going like, to we're going to pivot to safety. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So, all right. So let's um before we now we got we have a, a new segment coming, but before that new segment comes, we do have to talk about the biggest news of today. Okay, and that was the fact that the Patriots went out and signed not one, but two of Patriots Twitter's whoobies. And that is Malcolm Perry, the Heisman Heisman finalist from Navy football. Okay, God, he was a Heisman finalist. Uh huh. Dude, twenty. He had he had like two thousand yards rushing and twenty one touchdowns his senior year. Um, and of course, still lost to Army. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. And of course, New England's own, at matter of fact, Rentham's own Ben Mason. Uh, another fullback on the active roster. Patriots now have two fullbacks on the active roster. Practice, practice squad. I don't think he's on. The, is he on the practice squad? I yeah, thought he was he on the active roster. Okay, so no, practice squad. Okay, but either way, uh, I mean, this was like this was it. This is one of those things where I was like, this is just complete fan service right now. We appreciate you sticking with us. Here's what we're gonna do for you. We're gonna pick these two guys up that you've been begging for us to get for the last few years. I love it. I absolutely love it. Jelani Tavai, who everybody was in love with two years ago out of the draft, like paid. I think he was one of the prototypical Patriots that Phil Perry does every year. Like they, they, they just kind of went all out. They were like, "Oh, you like this guy, Garrett Gilbert, Patriots legend." We'll we'll throw him on the practice squad too. It was, it was fun. I was doing some of the updates with Oliver for the website, and it was fun seeing when when they'd sign someone new, everybody would be like, "Oh, here's what I know about him." Whatever. It's Practice squad day is one of my favorite days of the year because those right. are my people. The Rashad <laughs> Berries of the world just yeah. getting another shot. Like, you'd love right. to see it. Exactly. And, and and Ben Mason, I mean, you and Spags both tweeted at me immediately. That's what I thought I, the big news was, right? I, that's what I thought. I thought that's what Pat was pivoting uh, to in this segment here. The, the big was, news is the big boy. I was so excited about Malcolm Perry, though. I was like in love with that man coming out of Navy. I just thought it was he, he could be, dude, watching him play. He was like a human joystick at quarterback. I, it was outrageous. So, like, and, and tell, us about ben, tell us about Ben Mason, man. Do it. I'm a big so Ben Mason, fan, but I don't love him as much as you do. Without being ridiculous and kind of throwing expectations on a guy, I think he reminds me a lot of James Devlin in a way that Jakob Johnson just doesn't. Um, in the fact that Jakob Johnson picked up fullback like three years ago and is still kind of learning right. the position. Yeah. Ben Mason's a fullback. Learning football. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, learning the sport, right? Ben Mason, though he started at Michigan as a defensive end and moved to tight end and then became a full – like the guy played everywhere at Michigan because Michigan doesn't know how to deploy their athletes. They, I don't know if you know this, Brian, but they have like superstar linebackers on their roster that they have playing defensive end. I'm aware. I do that. I am uh, yes. quite aware of, of the personnel issues going on over the last uh, 20 years in, at Michigan. Oh man! So, what a, what so just real quick on on Ben Mason, Devlin was a defensive end. Ben Mason was a defensive end. They they both made a position position switch. I think Ben Mason craves contact a little more than Jakob Johnson does. Like Jakob Johnson's kind of doing a job. Ben Mason finds something uh, to kill in basically. hitting people. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And the best way to describe a fullback, I think, is you got to be a little bit tapped. Like you got to be a little crazy. I think he's a little crazy. He's got he something is. going on. I'll yeah. share I'll share on Twitter. There's a nice video of him 
doing the uh, walkthrough of Michigan's new facilities a couple years ago. He's not all there. Like there, there's something missing. So which I <laughs> love. That's what you need out of your fullback, right? Yeah. I've, so, I've loved right. Ben Mason since then. <laughs> all right. So we are going to transition here into a new segment. We're going to bring up a Pats fan. Now, listen, here's the deal, right? We're going to do five minutes of fantasy, but then afterwards in this segment, we we have to we have to let Mike stay and give some fan, give some pass perspective because he is a Pats fan as well. So it is Daddy's home FF. What's up, brother? How you doing, man? What's up, guys? How y'all how y'all doing tonight? We're doing good. We're doing good. Thank you for coming through. You're the uh, you're the first person to uh, to do this. So this is pretty exciting. We have a brand new segment. It's called Five Minute Fantasy. Essentially, for those of you that are listening out there, I'm I'm literally going to put a five minute timer on my phone. I'm going to tell Mike to go. He's going to talk about whatever he wants. People have, have submitted questions. You guys that are watching can submit some fantasy questions if you'd like. We'll throw them up there, and we'll get to as much as, as we can. The timer goes off, and that's it. He could be mid-word. Boom, we're done. Okay? So so that's the deal. we got five minutes to go. Afterwards, we're going to let you kind of, you know, whatever. He's a fantasy expert, okay? This is what we have. He says he's not, but he is. So, <laughs> so, so we're going to give we're going to give Mike five minutes. And then afterwards, we'll have him introduce himself. You can see the you can see the Twitter handle, but we'll have him introduce himself, plug all his stuff, and then of course, talk about Pats. Which, by the way, Mac Jones man right here. Okay, Mac Jones guy through and through. Just so you know. Okay, so uh, Mike, I'm gonna put five minutes on the clock for you. And again, I'm gonna we'll we'll cycle through some questions because I have a few questions here. But mm-hmm. also, if you wanted to start with literally. And the fantasy drafts are coming up. This Brian's literally in the middle of two auction drafts as we speak. He's a lunatic drafting four teams in two different auction drafts. So, um, so, um, so you know, feel free throw some things out for uh, that sh- that'll help people during the drafts this weekend. All right, ready? Sure. Go. Perfect. All right. So I think the first thing that we hit on it came in from Twitter, uh, which was always my favorite question: When do I stop worrying about depth? And when do I start focusing on my starting lineup? And the fact is, uh, right where Brian is right now in the draft, I am looking to put together a starting lineup that's going to win a championship. I don't care about my bench. So when you look at the moves that I'm making, I'm taking those later picks and I'm moving them forward. I'm taking those dollars if it's a salary cap and I am putting them on those rock stars. The fact is, is that you're not going to find another McCaffrey. You're not going to find another Mahomes on the waiver wire. You'll find Jacoby Myers. You'll find Nelson Aguilar. You'll find those guys any day of the week with ease. So when you're putting together your lineups, when you're getting together with all your buddies this weekend, when you have the opportunity to move up and get those 10 rock star players, you do it. You always trade four quarters for a dollar in this game. So whatever you do, don't get caught trying to hold out a few bucks so you can pick up some bench player. Don't worry about it. That's what waivers are for. That's what trades are for. Build that starting lineup from day one. Get superstars. You cannot get horses later. You can get a ton of ponies off the wave wire. Always go for those horses. Love it. Love it. All right. In redraft, someone asked this question too. In redraft, wide receivers, rookies, older guys, veterans, second year guys, what are you looking at? I'm usually going veterans. And the reason for it is because you have a lot of people that are transitioning right now from their dynasty drafts to their redraft leagues. It's hard to flip. It's hard to flip the switch. So what you're going to find is that you're going to get a significant discount 
on those veterans, on those people that you're hearing the fantasy analysts talk about, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf. What you don't hear them talking about is Antonio Brown and Julio Jones, who in redraft are going to be just as good five rounds later. Uh, right. So in this case, that's always my target. When you look at my redraft teams, it looks like half of our retirement home. And the reason for it is people are transitioning. They're going for youth and they want to be right. I want to win. Uh, so to me, I'm not looking to find the next Julio Jones. I'll just take the one we have now. I'm not looking to find the next Mike Evans. He's going to be sitting there right there for me. So my wide receivers almost always lean towards the older side when we go into redraft leagues. Love it. Love it. All right. Another one about Patriots, uh, Patriots, people that you're targeting. Mm-hmm. Who are you targeting on the Patriots? And who's the first Patriot that you're targeting on the board? Damien Harris. It's it's not even close. Damien Harris will be the first Patriot off the board right now. He's my running back 17. The thing that caps Damien Harris is the lack of passing game work. That's obviously going to go to James White, some to J.J. Taylor. And there's obviously a little bit of uncertainty with whether or not Ramondre is going to get any run on the goal line. I personally don't think he will. I don't think Bill's going to trust a rookie that far down the, the field. I think he's going to be more of a maybe two to five carry guy at the most. Damian Harris rookie season, I think would be a really nice blueprint for what I expect for Ramondre, but that does keep it a little bit uh, down, I guess. As far as tight ends go, and I know people are going to jump on me for this, I'm going Hunter Henry as the guy that I'm targeting at tight end. When you look at the route trees, when you look at what Jonu does, and when you look at what this Patriots offense, I think, is going to do with Mac Jones, I think those curl routes, I think that those drag routes are who's going to see the ball, not so much the seam routes and down the field, which is why I'm very down on Nelson Aguilar. Uh, He's just not somebody that I think when you look at how I think they're going to use Mac Jones and what they're going to format this offense on, I don't see it as a vertical seam route, fly route type passing game. I see a lot of check downs. I think you're looking at this team looking for those 20 to 17 wins. This isn't the old Patriots. They're going to go in and get into shootouts. So what I'm looking at is who's going to get those red zone catches. I think that's going to be Hunter Henry. And I think that's the guy that I'd be targeting second, followed by Jonu. I like him better as an NFL player, but certainly not in fantasy, not to mention the fact that his ADP is higher. So when you're looking at a potential, you know, which way is it going to go? Why not take the cheaper ones, the smaller swing? And honestly, with tight end, once you get past the top three, I could care less anyway. Right. I'm just going to grab a bunch of them and hope one of them flushes out, whether it be Hunter Henry, you know, Gerald Everett. There, there's plenty of guys we could throw out there. The fact is tight end is just a wasteland after top three. So go with the cheaper one. But if I was going to put money down on the Patriots guys, Henry. All right. Ten seconds left. Myers or John Smith? Uh, Myers. Myers is going to get significantly more targets. I think that he's going to be a nice low-end wide receiver, two high-end wide receiver, three, uh, that you're going to get the wide receiver four prices. All right. That's that's the end. Of course, I had my stupid mic. I had my stupid volume down, so you couldn't hear the bell. But the bell did go off. That was a hell of a five-minute spiel right there, my friend. And uh, count five more minutes. The bell. <laughs> <go off. laughs> hey, so I want I want to jump in real quick and just ask about the tight end, the Johnny Smith versus versus Hunter Henry, because mm-hmm. um, you know I think Johnny Smith, I think tight end with the best yak last year. You know, you know yards after catch, guy was an absolute killer on um, play action bootleg flat routes. We saw it, the first target of the preseason for Cam was one of those uh, play action bootleg flat. They want to get the ball in his hands and get him moving laterally because he can he can make so much you know so much happen. 
Um, where are you? Are you kind of picturing Hunter Henry taking over that role, and they're going to stick to to more Johnu Smith seam stuff? Is that what you're thinking? I'm thinking you're going to see Jonah Smith moving all over the field. I also think that he's going to get a lot more attention. And I think that you're potentially seeing when you go with the, uh, the 12 personnel, one of them is going to get a safety and one of them is going to get a linebacker, right? And I think you're going to yeah. see Janu going with a safety. And I think what you're going to see is a lot more similar to a Brady or a Breeze type offense where rather than manufacturing touches, I think you're going to see the open man getting the ball. I think you're going to see those safe throws, those easy throws. And I think that Hunter Henry is going to be a guy who's going to be more open. I think Janu's going to get some touches. I think, hey, he might even get two or three goal line touchdowns when you look at it. But for me, when I'm looking at, especially in a tight end premium where you're getting 1.5 per catch and obviously those six point touchdowns, I think you're just going to see Hunter Henry more bankable. I don't think he's going to be as variable. And when you're looking at that position, what I'm looking for is not to get a zero. And when you look at Jonu last year, and especially when Taylor Lewan went out, John, who basically disappeared, they kept him in line. Uh, they were running Fersker actually as the person who was getting those uh, targets and who was running the patterns. So what you saw is him drop off about week four or five. So while the talent is obvious, the usage and the style of play isn't. And what I always tell people is if I was building an NFL team, I'd pick John Smith, but this yeah, is fantasy. for sure. So that's really the difference that I'm looking at is who is going to get those looks. I'd be shocked if we go many weeks where Hunter Henry doesn't at least get one uh, red zone look. I think that yeah. that's John who's too good guys. He, he's too, he's too well-rounded. I mean, and we saw, you saw, you can see it looking at the film. I mean, the guy's an absolute, like, you know, he's a road grader in the, in the running game too. So they, they yeah. love, they love moving him around. You'll see, I guarantee you'll see a lot of that split zone, uh, uh, protections that they like to run mm-hmm. to um, off of, off a of, uh, split zone play action. So you're, yeah, I, I like it. That's great analysis, man. For sure. And, and one quick question for me, just huh? how does the decision to keep Mac over Cam Newton change your overall perception of the weapons, you know, the wide receiver, running back, tight end, all of them. Before, before you answer, I just want to make an announcement here. This is five minute fantasy. Okay. The five minutes is over, but I'm allowing <laughs> this. Because it's Patriots talk, I'm Fantasy allowing you. Never sleeps. This is, we're not, you're not getting away with this after after this week, okay? I'm just telling you. All right. <laughs> so, so as uh, as Pat knows, I, I've been saying Mac Jones is going to be the starter, and Cam's getting cut since what was it May, Pat? I think. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a long time ago. Yep. And then uh, double down last week. It so. was nice to see you. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, we're moving <laughs> on. Uh, no, I, I mean, so I, I've been ranking the guys as if uh, Mac Jones was going to be the the starter anyway, because the fact is. Uh, you're playing for the playoffs. And I, I think even if you didn't see the cut coming, I think the odds of Cam Newton being the starting quarterback for the Patriots come week 15 was pretty slim anyway. Uh, but when you look at what this does to the skill players, obviously Damian Harris, the running game gives a huge boost. Uh, James White actually gets a really nice boost here as well. I think with these check downs, I think he's going to be a PPR monster. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I have essentially flat. And the reason for that, is I think what you're going to get in efficiency with the accuracy of Mac Jones, you're going to lose the fact that Cam Newton was laser focused on him. Uh, which I think there's no way you're going to see that target share continue. That was a very odd kind of relationship where Cam, when he threw the ball, which wasn't often, threw it to Jacoby Myers every single time. So I think you have a little flatness there. 
I think the tight ends go up a little bit, uh, but I think really your big gain in all of this is in the running game. The fact is that Cam Newton was completely suppressing this running game uh, because he was so good at the goal line, similar to Josh Allen in Buffalo, right? So that's where you see the biggest boost. But James White's the person I think people are sleeping on a little bit that gets a really nice jump here, and I think he's going to be a great pickup in PPR. It's pretty solid. I like it. And I'm going to answer Cody's question here. I'll take the Patriots defense because I literally don't care what defense I have. It doesn't matter. It's the last round anyways. But Patriots also have a pretty cake schedule the first three weeks before they play Tampa Bay. So you're looking at, you know, the Dolphins with Tua, which who knows what that's going to be, 425 game. People are going to be all lubed up for that game, and it's going to be nuts. Then you're playing in New York against Zach Wilson. Please. Then you got week three, Jameis at home. Oh, baby, that could get ugly. So you're talking about – and then watch that's true. Watch and then you bench them week four against Tampa. And then week five, you got Tyrod Taylor and one of the worst offenses in football down in Houston. So it, it's, you know, to me, it's a no brainer to pick up the Patriots defense because what the heck? I mean, what do you get to lose? Anyways, it's the last round. It's not like I please, please, please do not reach and take a defense any earlier than the second to last or the last round. But and and if it's Yahoo and you don't have to take a kicker or a defense and you're drafting, just don't just don't take one. Don't do it. Don't, don't even do it at all. OK, but. You know, if you want to take a defense, take it at the end. And if the Patriots defense is there, jump on it. Sure. So many sacks. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. So, all all right, Mike, you got to, you got to shout, you know, uh, we, you see the Twitter handle that out there anyways, but for the, for the podcast listeners, give yourself a shout out, tell them what you got going on, where they can see you, read you, hear you, everything else. And then anything else, Patriots, I know we know you're a Patriots fan. So anything else, Patriots, you want to chat about, uh, let's keep the conversation going. Cool. So uh, I am at Daddy's Home FF. Uh, you can find me at Dynasty League Football. That's where I do my thing. I have a show called Hanging with Daddy, which is basically a late night talk show interview with your favorite analysts. We also have another show coming out with Lindellians, which is going to be swipe right with Linda and Mike. We're going to be bringing on analysts that basically disagree with Linda. And we're going to give them three to five minutes to convince her that she's wrong. Uh, If they are great, we will let them stay on the show. If not, they get the boot speed dating (laughs) style. Uh, It's going to be be an absolute blast. And she's a rock star. So I can't wait to see that. But we have a ton of things. So anybody who plays Dynasty football, first of all, should have a DLF subscription. Uh, They are the top in the industry. But we're also really changing the brand and and, and getting a lot more uh, fresh new content coming out on YouTube. So you'll see the first episode of both of those shows in the coming weeks. Mine will be next week. Linda's probably two weeks out. Uh, and then we just brought on a bunch of new folks, Corey Spala, uh, Laquan Jones, and Hutchinson Brown. So you're going to see a lot more talent coming in. Uh, so it's going to be a fun season. We're just going to mess around. But you can find me on Twitter. That's where all my stuff is. Pat, you know I'm on there way too much, having <laughs> entirely too much fun. Uh, but if it sounds like I'm joking, I am. Honestly, if you really want fantasy advice, I do that on podcasts on Twitter. I just like to have some fun. So. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. One of my favorite follows. And, and when I I first kind of jumped into fantasy Twitter, like, I don't know, sometime around like before the draft. Just I don't know why I just kind of was like, ah, fantasy football. This is cool to talk about. And like everyone was so cool. And like, well, I guess maybe maybe it was last year. Holy crap. But anyways, either way, everyone was just so cool and welcoming. And, and you were one of those guys who like, you know, right off the bat, you were always telling people, you know, getting people to follow people. And I had my little gift game going and, and it was great. Like I was you guys over there um, do some really, really great things. And thank you so much 
for saying Lindellians because I look at her name and I'm like Linda Leones. I'm like, I don't know what it is. All right, whatever. You know, I've just I've never pronounced it right. So Lindellians. All right. I like it. I, right. I I had no idea what the hell I was talking about for a while. Obviously, I knew her name was Linda, but I didn't know like what was going on. So um I like it. So anything, anything else we you already mentioned Mac Jones from the beginning, essentially mm-hmm. for you. Anything else, Patriots, you want to you want to get off your chest or, or chat about before uh before you wrap this battle area up? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I've been telling everybody, and I'm sure your listeners already know this, uh, Uche and uh, Duggar are going to be absolute stars. I know everyone's talking about Judon as the free agent pickup. Uh, Just Uche is the best player on this defense and will be one of the best defensive players in the NFL uh, within the next year. So get on early so you can sound smart because this dude is an absolute monster. So that's the biggest thing I'm looking forward to. When you talk about the Patriots season, uh, Duggar and Uche just blowing up other offenses is going to be my favorite part of the season. And don't go over the middle against, uh, against those two. No, I would not. I, I certainly wouldn't. But I, I mean, I, I love what I'm seeing. I mean, Duggar to me gives me that uh, for all you guys that are old enough, that Chris Slade vibe, like the dude is on every play and never slows down. And uh, man, if Uche doesn't look like a young Chandler Jones, I don't know who does. I mean, he is just blowing up. Uh, the line easily like it, it's almost scary how easily he's getting to quarterbacks how quickly he's getting there this is going to be a fun defense to watch man fastest and, uh, pass rusher in the league yep yeah. without yeah, efficiency it's crazy so that's what we're going to get i in quinn norton man i a great story for that kid uh stoked that he's getting the opportunity so yeah we have some uh some cool stuff to look forward to this is this is probably the most excited I've been for the Patriots in a while. Like, you know, we, we had such a steady run. And then last year we kind of knew it was a bridge year. Like this is the first year that I feel like it's almost like Christmas. I, I have them at, you know, 11 and six. I, I do think that they're going to the playoffs, but the range of outcomes is so high that this is going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And what's crazy about Uche is that his, his best move might be his bull rush. And you're talking about the fastest guy, arguably the fastest guy on their front seven, and his best move is is really, I think, his bull rush. I mean, he just absolutely murders people with his bull rush, and so it's uh, it's really it's really interesting. And I am excited about Nordine. I think you know the erratic. I was shocked by that. I thought you know he was a little bit erratic, so I was surprised that Bill kept him. I was excited that Bill kept him because his leg is like a howitzer. It's awesome, mm-hmm. but I was surprised that he kept him. I'm happy about it. Um, I have him in, in a few leagues, but uh, but again, it's a kicker. So it's like, you know, no offense to Lindellians over there, but like it's a kicker. So like, you know, it just just get draft someone, draft whoever you want. You know what I mean? Well, she'll tell you to stream kickers too. I mean, the, the fact yeah. is the matchup's more important than the kicker themselves. Correct. That, that, yeah. That's simple. So cool. Agreed. Agreed. So this has been a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun. Obviously, the roster breakdown, pretty wild. We're looking forward to a great season. Next week we're gonna have our um, our uh, preview, our season preview, uh, full season preview of a special guest and another pretty big guest for Five Minute Fantasy. We're we're awfully excited about it. But uh, thank you again for listening. Thank you, Mike, for coming through. Brian, thank you for coming through. Spags, we miss you. We hope you won tonight or lost tonight. If that's what you wanted, who knows? So either way, thanks. Lost. For listening, we guys. need him next week. Hockey. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we will uh, we'll talk to you next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.